You're listening to the Keef to the City podcast. All right, the Yankees opened the ALDS against the Rays with a 9-3 win, a game that was a battle all the way until the ninth inning when the Yankees broke it open with five runs in the ninth. The third game of the postseason now for the Yankees, the third game the offense is showing up after scoring 22 runs against the Indians in the wild card series. They put up nine against the Rays in game one of the ALDS. They look like a completely different team, the offense did, than when they saw the Rays in the regular season, and that's pretty much because they are a completely different team. The Yankees were missing Aaron Judge for a lot of those games. They were missing John Carlos Stanton for a lot of those games. You have to remember that DJ LeMahieu missed time this regular season. Gio Urshela missed time this regular season. Clint Frazier wasn't an everyday player for some of the time of this regular season. And so this Yankees lineup is just so good and so deep and so balanced when at full strength that even when Aaron Hicks is batting third, it, it doesn't really matter because the rest of the lineup is so good. And Hicks was even good. And he's been pretty good in the postseason so far. I still don't want him batting third. I still don't think he should be batting third, but he's done his job. He's done his job. And on Monday night in game one of the ALDS, the Yankees win 9-3. to They've now scored 31 runs in three postseason games. Every single Yankees starter got a hit. Uh, only Tyler Wade was the only guy who appeared in the game who didn't get a hit, but he reached base in his only plate appearance with a walk, which was the biggest moment of his Yankees career, drawing a really significant walk there in the ninth before the Yankees were able to break the game open. But two hits from LeMahieu, a a homer from Judge, three hits from Hicks, uh, a hit from Voigt, a grand slam from Stanton, two hits from Urshela, Torres with a hit, Frazier with a big home run, and Higashioka with a game-tying home run and a single later in the game. I want to talk about Higashioka because he shouldn't be a personal catcher for Garrett Cole. He shouldn't be. It's it's unnecessary. It's ridiculous. It's absurd. And Monday night proved that. Garrett Cole wasn't good on Monday night. He he wasn't even mediocre because six innings, three earned runs is mediocre. That's a 450 ERA. And if we're talking about Jay Happ or Jordan Montgomery, yeah, okay, that's good. That's mediocre. That's average. That's what they are. If either of those pitched that game last night, I'd say, hey, they did a good job for who they are. But that's not who Garrett Cole is. Garrett Cole is supposed to be the best pitcher in the world, and at worst, what, second best to Jacob DeGrom? That's who he's supposed to be. And he's not happy with the way he pitched on Monday night against the Rays. He's not happy with the way he's pitched against the Rays all season. But the reason that they use Higashioka over Cole, and the number one reason is, you know, that you always see the graphic on, yes, you always hear everyone talking about the difference and the stark difference in ERA between Cole and Sanchez and Cole and Higashioka. Well, the stark difference is really a product of the games Cole started that Sanchez caught against the Rays. And Monday night proved that it doesn't matter who Cole's throwing to when he faces the Rays. He's going to have trouble with them. Six innings, six hits, two walks, eight base runners in six innings, three runs, three earned runs. Yeah, the eight strikeouts, but two home runs, two more home runs. The first uh, erased the early 1-0 Yankees lead, and the second gave the Rays a 3-2 lead. And the second came from G-Man Choi, who hits a home run basically every time he sees Garrett Cole. At least it seems that way. Maybe not every at-bat, but every game. And Choi is not always in the lineup for the race, but he was in the lineup because of his success against Cole. And on the other end of things, Sanchez wasn't in the lineup because Agashioka had to play to be his personal catcher when Cole didn't even pitch that well. And Sanchez's numbers against Snell are the best of the Yankees. Six for 20, five home runs out of those six. The other one's a double, seven walks. Sanchez hits Blake Snell like he hits David Price because that's how he hits left-handed pitching. And he wasn't in the lineup because Agashioka has to be Cole's personal catcher. 
And ultimately, it didn't matter because the Yankees scored nine runs and they opened the game in the ninth and they didn't give Chapman a chance to go out there and see which Chapman are we going to get, the good one or the bad one, the one who goes one, two, three, or the one who loads the bases and is walking the park and it's a struggle in a 30-minute inning for him to throw 30 pitches. So the offense has done their job. Garrett Cole wasn't good. He got the win. He had the eight strikeouts on TBS. Brian Anderson's talking about how impressive he looked. Impressive. He looked impressive in game one against the Indians when he went seven innings, 13 strikeouts. That was impressive. A quality start, six innings, three runs for Garrett Cole. That's not impressive. And he'll tell you that. He doesn't think he pitched well on Monday night. He probably feels like he lost because of the way he should pitch and the ability he has. And you look at that at bat when the base is loaded and Manuel Margot was up and he just blew him away with high fastballs. Garrett Cole could do that every single at bat. I get that his goal is to be economical and to stay in the game for as long as possible. And that's why he throws so many strikes. And that's why he's so prone to home runs. And that's why he doesn't seemingly care when he gives up the solo home runs. But maybe don't be so economical. Maybe go out there and just blow your fastball by people and throw your nasty breaking balls in the dirt and go five innings, 100 pitches, but get 12 strikeouts. And, and you know, we'll take, you know, Yankees fans will take that. He doesn't have to worry about being economical and, and letting the batter and challenging the batter every single time. I know he talked, I saw an interview with him on Yes earlier this year where he talked about how Justin Verlander told him once, you know, you don't want to throw so many strikes. He, which is sort of Cole's problem at times. He throws too many strikes. He's too much in the zone. At least we're not talking here today about how Garrett Cole blew two leads, which he did, and the Yankees went on to lose a game they could have won, and the only game in the series will have a distinct pitching advantage. At least we're not talking about that. Thankfully, we're not talking about that. And we're not talking about that because this offense is so good. It's so good. If you go back to the last time the Yankees won the World Series, every postseason exit can be attributed to their lack of hitting. They always come up short. They always have. Ten years ago, they couldn't hit Cliff Lee or Colby Lewis, and they lost. Nine years ago, they left 11 runners on base at Game 5 at home against the Tigers, and they went home. Eight years ago against the Tigers, they scored six runs in four games and were swept. Five years ago, in the wild card game, they were shut out. Three years ago... They scored three runs in four games in Houston and lost the series. Two years ago, they scored four runs total in two home games against the Red Sox and lost the series. And then last year, everyone other than DJ LeMahieu and Glaber Torres was an automatic out. Those were the only two guys. The Yankees were playing with a two-man lineup. Aaron Judge, DJ Gregorius, Gary Sanchez, Brett Gardner, Edwin Encarnacion, Jarcolo Stanton, Gio Urshela, and Aaron Hicks last year in the ALCS. They combined to go 27 for 153, which is a 176 average, and they struck out 56 times. And the Yankees went on to lose. They, they fought for as long as they could with a two-man lineup. And they fought to the bottom of the ninth of Game 6. Imagine if even two of those guys hadn't been just completely awful and were just bad. They would have beat, the, beat the Astros to go out of the World Series. But this year, it's been a different story. This postseason has been all about the offense. Three games, three dominant performances, 31 runs in games started by Shane Bieber, who was the best pitcher in the American League this year, Carlos Carrasco, who's only ever been good, and Blake Stell, who's just a couple years removed from a Cy Young Award. They're not beating shit pitchers from the Red Sox and Orioles. They're beating up on really good pitchers. The Indians might have the best relievers in baseball, They beat the crap out of them. They homered like it was early July rather than early October against Shane Bieber and Blake Snell. They beat up on the Rays bullpen. The offense is carrying the team right now, and that's something they haven't done in a long time in the postseason. And you can't expect it to continue because it is October, and at some point you'd expect one of these pitchers, whether it's Tyler Glasnow or Charlie Morton, to step up and shut them down the way they're capable of. 
and then the Yankees will need their pitching to balance things out. But for now, 3-0 and in the postseason in what should have been three rather easy wins. Game one against the Indians was a breeze. Game two should have been. If Aaron Boone didn't mismanage the game to the ninth inning when the Yankees only won 10-9. And last night, it could have been a breeze early on if Garrett Cole pitched better, but it was in the ninth because they blew the game open and didn't give the bullpen a chance to implode. And on Monday's podcast, I talked about how the offense needs to show up this series, keep Aaron Boone in the dugout, keep him away from ruining the series, and keep the bullpen from getting fatigued because there's only three trustworthy bullpen arms in Chad Green, Zach Britton, and Aralis Chapman. And you got to keep them from getting fatigued and keep them from eventually going to the point they were last October when they were so tired they couldn't get outs anymore. And the offense has done that. It's been a long, long time since the Yankees offense was this good in October. And I hope it continues because it just makes things so much easier. You don't have to ask, you know, your your three-man bullpen, which is really what it is, to get outs after outs, night after night. And with no off days in any of the rounds in this postseason, that will be a challenge. And the fact that this offense has allowed the bullpen to rest even more than was already rested and allowed Luis Sessa to throw three of the team's 27 innings so far, 11%, of the Yankees' innings have been eaten up by Luis Sessa. You can't ask for a better situation. You really can't. And I talked yesterday about how how could the Yankees possibly not have announced that Gibasio Tanaka starting Game 2? What are they waiting for? What are they unnecessarily stalling for? Do they think the Rays aren't, aren't going to prepare to see Tanaka? Do they think they haven't, he already, they haven't already seen him enough in, their, in his time in, with the Yankees, in his time in the majors? But it turns out they were stalling because they want to pitch Davey Garcia in Game 2, and I'm all for it. The Yankees are now in a situation where they just have to go 2-2 two and two in four games against the Rays to get to the ALCS. And pitching Davey Garcia in Game 2 means that if they win Game 2 on Tuesday night, Masahiro Tanaka, one of the best postseason pitchers in history, will have a chance to close out the series and eliminate the Rays on Wednesday night. And if they are to lose Game 2 on Tuesday night, then Masahiro Tanaka, one of the best postseason pitchers in history, will have a chance to win a big swing game and give the Yankees a 2-1 lead on Wednesday night. So the Yankees are set up. They could do whatever they want right here. And they are. That's why they're pushing Tanaka back. That win on Monday night was crucial. It was so huge because to have to go 3-1 and one against the Rays in four games is a fucking mountain to climb. And now they just have to play 500 baseball over four games. And I talked yesterday about how there's not a lot of mystery left between these two teams. They faced each other 10 out of the 60 games of the season. They faced each other 19 times in normal seasons. But there's one mystery left, and that's Davey Garcia. And the Yankees are going to use him in game two. And he's never seen the Rays, but the Rays have never seen him. And that is a big advantage for the Yankees on Tuesday night in game two. And I, and I think he'll pitch well. I really do. I really trust this kid. I trust his stuff. I think he's the real deal. I think he's that good. I never thought he would get a game two start, but I always wanted him to get the game three start. But the Yankees believe in him even more than I thought they did by giving him the ball here in game two. And if he pitches the way I think he can, then on Wednesday's podcast, we'll be talking about the Yankees being one game away from going to the ALCS for the second straight season. That'll do it for today. I'll be back tomorrow to talk about game two. Thanks for listening. Sit down.